Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacic, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. In this week's headlines, Florida's hideous anti-LGBTQ don't say gay bill passes and is headed to the governor's desk for a signature. A new study shows conversion therapy costs the U.S. over $9 billion a year. Same-sex marriage is now legal in Chile. T.J. Osborne kissed his boyfriend at the Country Music Awards after winning Duo of the Year, plus new music from out-dance artist Neary. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. review studied spearheaded by the Trevor Project found that so-called conversion therapy, the dangerous practice of attempting to change a person's sexual orientation or gender identity, costs the United States an estimated $9.23 billion each year. And the researchers described that estimate as conservative, according to NBC News. Which means the discredited practice is not only extremely harmful to LGBTQ youth, but it's a major financial burden to society. Research published by the Trevor Project in 2019 found that LGBTQ young people who had been subjected to conversion therapy were more likely to have attempted suicide in the previous 12 months than other queer youths. While the $9.23 billion figure attempts to factor in intangible costs, like lost productivity to businesses from survivors dealing with mental health struggles, many of the costs that are factored in are direct. The Trevor Project estimates that $650 million is spent annually to provide for so-called conversion therapy, which is also referred to as reparative therapy or ex-gay therapy. A 2018 report from the Williams Institute at UCLA estimated that nearly 700,000 LGBTQ adults were subjected to conversion therapy at some point in their lives, and that about half of them were adolescents at the time of treatment. In 2019, the Institute estimated that state bans prevented an additional 10,000 teens from being subjected to the practice. There are currently 25 states which ban or partially ban the discriminatory and profoundly harmful practice of conversion therapy. Nearly every professional medical organization denounces conversion therapy, including the American Medical Association, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the American Psychiatric Association, the World Psychiatric Association, and more. Javier Silva and Jaime Nazar became the first two men to tie the knot in Chile after the South American country's same-sex marriage law went into effect. Despite its long conservative tradition, same-sex couples have had access to civil unions since 2015, which allowed some legal benefits. But in 2017, same-sex marriage began to be a topic discussed by lawmakers and supported by former President Michelle Bachelet. 
but any meaningful progress was delayed until last year. In December, Chile's Congress approved legislation guaranteeing legal rights for same-sex couples in a milestone for the conservative nation after a decades-long battle by LGBTQ communities and rights groups. NBC News reports Silva and Nazar have been together for seven years and have two children. They have had a civil union for the last three years, but marriage is a significant step forward for the entire family. Javier Silva told reporters after the civil ceremony, quote, Being the first couple to get married in Chile for us is an honor, something to be proud of. We did it. It's something we couldn't think could happen. Now, our children have the same rights as other families, and they will be able to have, we hope, a better future that they will not be discriminated against for having two parents who love each other. President-elect Gabriel Boric, who took office on Friday, sent a message to the happy couple on Twitter, which read, My congratulations to Jaime and Javier for being the first couple to marry under the new marriage equality law, to continue advancing for a Chile with equal rights and freedoms for all people. Bravo, Chile. Over the past few weeks, Florida has been at the center of attention over its Parental Rights in Education Bill. The legislation, dubbed by critics as the Don't Say Gay Bill, bans educators and others from discussing gender and sexual identities with younger students. The bill reads, quote, Classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards, end quote. Having already passed in the state house, the bill passed in the state senate this week and Governor Ron DeSantis is expected to sign it into law. Governor DeSantis's spokesperson, Christina Pushaw, made headlines this week, however, when she framed the law as an anti-grooming bill and accused opponents of the bill of being groomers, a word used to describe pedophiles who seek to groom children for sex trafficking. Now, it's not news that using messaging like protecting the children has been largely an unfounded shield weaponized against the LGBTQ community as well as various other marginalized communities for decades. It's also important to note that this bill doesn't just have ramifications for those students in grades kindergarten through third grade. In grades 3 through 12, it also puts restrictions into state statutes, which is unusual in education. Remember, in the legislation it reads that classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade 3 or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. Critics have pointed out that that is very vague language and could be used to apply to any discussion in any classroom. In debating the legislation on the state Senate floor, Senator Dennis Baxley spoke to what led him to proposing the legislation. We are in a trending posture right now where, I mean, my son's a psychiatrist, and I said, 
why is everybody now all about coming out when you're in school? And there really is a dynamic of concern of how much of this are genuine type of experiences and how many of them are just kids trying on different kinds of things they hear about and different kinds of identities and experimenting. That's what kids do, you know. Uh, maybe they're in this club or they're in that club or they're on to this. And they're trying on all these different identities of life, trying to see where they fit in. And uh, I said, am I crazy or what? I, all of a sudden, we're having all these issues come up about this topic of their sexuality and, uh, and gender. And I said, I, I don't understand why that's such a big wave right now. Well, for one thing, Senator Baxley, I would like to point out that the larger and more wide visibility of LGBTQ people in the media and in the world and in literature and in other areas of our lives makes us all more comfortable about coming out at a younger age versus the 1950s when it was against the law. So that might have a small part to do with it. And then there's social media where kids can come out and feel proud of themselves. In any case, I should add that Baxley was not able to provide any examples of current instances that showed the necessity of the law. The measure is one of more than 150 anti-LGBTQ bills introduced in 2022 legislative sessions around the United States. A Tennessee bill would prohibit public schools from using instructional materials that, quote, promote normalize, support, or address lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender issues or lifestyles, end quote. In Georgia, the Common Humanity in Private Education Act, introduced this past week, would prohibit private school classrooms from discussing sexual orientation or gender identity in primary grade levels, quote, in a manner that is not appropriate for the age and developmental stage of the student, end quote. Which, by the way, isn't happening. There is no second grade teacher in Georgia instructing students about gay sex. Just not happening, folks. In the days after the approval of the Florida bill, ABC News and Ipsos conducted a survey which showed more than six in ten Americans oppose legislation that would prohibit classroom lessons about sexual orientation or gender identity in elementary school. The poll found that 62% of Americans oppose such legislation, while 37% support it. It will come as no surprise that Florida, in 2010, became the last state to allow same-sex couples to adopt, with many opponents using these exact same talking points. But good news from Utah, of all places, for trans youth. This week, Utah Governor Spencer Cox pledged to veto House Bill 11, anti-transgender legislation that would ban trans youth from participating in school sports, and which was approved and sent to the governor's desk. With the governor's pledge to veto the bill, Utah will become the first state this year to reject an anti-trans sports bill approved by the legislature. 
Governor Cox's pledge to veto the bill, which was hastily pushed through the Senate on the last night of Utah's legislative session, was met with resounding praise and appreciation for standing up on behalf of transgender student-athletes, who the governor addressed specifically by saying, quote, I just want them to know it's going to be okay, end quote. In February 2021, Governor Cox said he would not sign a bill which was then making its way through the state legislature to ban transgender girls from participating in girls' sports from kindergarten through 12th grade. Cox reflected on the hardships facing transgender youth, saying at the time, quote, These kids, they're just trying to stay alive. Thank you, Governor Cox. Country music star T.J. Osborne kissed his boyfriend, Abby Ventura, at the Academy of Country Music Awards in Las Vegas this week after his band, the Brothers Osborne, won Duo of the Year. One half of the Brothers Osborne, T.J. came out a year ago, and in doing so, he instantly became the highest-profile outperformer in country music. He told Time Magazine at the time, quote, I'm very comfortable being gay. I find myself being guarded for not wanting to talk about something that I personally don't have a problem with feels so strange, end quote. But the country music industry is famous for having a conservative fan base, and as such, it still has a ways to go in its acceptance of LGBTQ people. So with that in mind, TJ's public display of affection is no small moment. He not only shrugged off the haters by kissing his boyfriend at the awards ceremony, but he also gave him a shout-out in his acceptance speech saying, Abby, I love you. Here's to a great night in Vegas, baby. Come on. Last year, TJ also made waves for kissing Ventura after winning a country music award, marking the first time for the long-standing awards show. In accepting his award then, he said, It's been a crazy roller coaster of a year for us in so many ways, especially for me emotionally. And to have all of you support me, it really does feel like love wins tonight. Thank you. And his words were met with a standing ovation. Bringing a close to one of the oddest episodes in celebrity crime cases, former Empire star Jussie Smollett was sentenced by a judge in Chicago this week to 150 days in jail. He was found guilty in December on five charges of felony disorderly conduct after making false reports to the police about a hoax hate crime attack in January 2019. On top of the jail time, the out actor was also sentenced to 30 months of probation and ordered to pay $120,106 in restitution to the city of Chicago and $25,000 in fines, the maximum allowable for these particular offenses. As you may recall, Smollett was accused of colluding with two brothers to stage the attack. Those brothers admitted in court he paid them $3,500 to take part in the incident. Smollett, who has consistently denied faking the attack, claimed the attackers yelled homophobic and racist slurs at him, doused him in a chemical bleach-like solution, and put a noose around his neck. But 
In his 30-minute summation leading up to sentencing, Judge Lynn told Smollett this week he found him and his actions to be, quote, profoundly arrogant and selfish and narcissistic. He went on to say, the only thing I can find is that you craved the attention. You took some scabs off healing wounds. You ripped them apart. And for a while, it worked. You were throwing yourself a national pity party for yourself. You're not a victim of a racial hate crime. You're not a victim of a homophobic hate crime. You're just a charlatan pretending to be a victim of a hate crime, and that's shameful. After Judge Lynn explained his sentencing, Smollett, who had been sitting silently, removed his face mask he'd been wearing and spoke out. Do you have any questions? No, I would just like to say to Your Honor that I am... I am not suicidal. That's what I was about to say. Okay. I am not suicidal. Okay. I am not suicidal. I am innocent, and I am not suicidal. If I did this, then it means that I stuck my fist in the fears of black Americans in this country for over 400 years, and the fears of the LGBTQ community. Your Honor, I respect you, and I respect the jury, but I did not do this, and I am not suicidal. And if anything happens to me when I go in there, I did not do it to myself, and you must all know that. I respect you, Your Honor. I respect your decision. Jail time. I am not suicidal. Okay. Smollett was then led away by police officers to begin his jail time, of which he's expected to serve about half, 75 days of the 150-day sentence. His attorney told reporters they already planned to appeal the judge's decision. Out recording artist Nico embarks on a new phase of his music career as Neri, the next evolution of the Milan-raised, L.A.-based pop artist. Neri's debut single, the club-worthy anthem Beautiful Music, features a gritty bass line, sensual serotonin-inducing beats, and seductive vocals. The track is a clarion call drawing the listener to the dance floor with the flirtatious assertion that dancing is the cure for all that ails you. In an email interview, Neri told me, quote, Beautiful music is about the need to release tension and finding that release in music. Many of us try to escape the stress of modern life with coping mechanisms like alcohol, drugs, or casual sex. And in most cases, that doesn't really end well. I wrote this song as a reminder to myself that when things get tough, music has and always will be there for me. All I have to do is turn it on, dance a little, and eventually I will be okay. End quote. Neri's new single, Beautiful Music, is now available on all major download and streaming platforms. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. I like to think of The Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. I'm going to close out this episode with Neri's new single, Beautiful Music. Thanks for listening, folks. Take care of yourselves, and I'll see you next time. I've had a stressful week. 
Oh, oh, oh. 